Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. Five podcast producers from across North America get together to discuss podcasting. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast, Super Friends. You are in the right place if you want to talk about podcasts, all the great things that are going on in podcasting. If you are a podcast maker or a podcast lover, we are so happy to have you. My name is Catherine O'Brien. I'm a podcast producer based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My company is called Branch Out Programs. But hey, it's not just me. I've got my super friends with me. Good job with the production there, Matt. And everybody's looking so dapper today. So let's go around and introduce ourselves. Let's start with you up in Canada, Matt. I'm Matt Kundle. According to this, I'm a podcast wizard. That <laughs> might not make it through the whole show, but uh, I am the owner of the uh, Sound Off Media Company and we make podcasts for people. I like it, Matt. You can be our podcast Gandalf. Uh, <laughs> I'm Johnny Podcasts. Uh, I was the first one to put podcasts in the name. And I'm based out of Fort Worth, Texas. I'm a podcast audio video producer. And I like to tweet a lot. So you can follow me on Twitter. I'm John Gay, also known as Jag from Jag and Detroit Podcasts outside Detroit, Michigan. I create and produce uh, branded podcasts for businesses, nonprofits, and you, if you're listening right now, potentially. And just coming in right in the nick of time, battling traffic, battling all <laughs> the worst that the Northeast has to offer. It's David Yaz. Please introduce yourself. Uh, it's raining like a basset up in Boston. Uh, David Yaz, pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Late for his own funeral. Thank you for your patience, everybody. <laughs> I was going to do a whole thing about, you know, listeners, if you're if you're listening to the podcast of this episode, at some point, David might be coming in, but (laughs) right on time. It's as if you have a preternatural ability to come in right in the nick of time. So very good. David. He made a face like he knew too. he came in right as Jag was finishing up his intro. He just went, I'm a beast. (laughs) Well, as everybody heard, we are podcast producers. And as we've made all the podcast episodes that we've worked on, a podcast producer can hope and dream, can't we? We start thinking about how things could be better. And so today we are going to be doing a little wish casting. You get a little peek into the podcast producers wish lists. So we're going to go through a couple of the pieces, the elements that help podcasts be what they are. And we're going to say from the podcast producers view, what we wish, what we would like from these different parts of podcasting, what we wish for, what we think would be better. And we might even have a couple of mild constructive critiques to offer as well. (laughs) I think that was a dip- diplomatic way of saying that, Jag. What do you think? Agreed. Uh, we have five people and like yeah, everybody has an opinion, just like everybody has. A- Never mind. Okay, let's continue from yeah. there. All right. Well, we're going to start this off with just sort of some of the basics. And um, in a moment, I will share a little bit behind the scenes of where this idea came from. But we're going to start off talking about podcast hosting. So now if you're a real newbie, you need to know that when you have a podcast, you have a host. That's where all of your files live. That's where the publishing of your episode goes out from the internet to all of our pod players out there. And so we have some wishes. What are some of the things that we wish all of our podcast hosting companies would offer us? And uh, Matt, why don't we start with you? So one of the things I've noticed that gets overlooked is the podcast player itself. And it's the one that you can use to embed that goes on the uh, website. And not a lot of time seems to get spent on it. So, uh, you know, a platform like Art19, they haven't really done much to theirs in the last six years. Megaphones is pretty rudimentary. It has two colors. I think when you're looking at a podcast player, what I really want to see is I want to see versatility and branding colors be able to go into a website so that it it matches and fits and really makes your website look pleasing. 
Um, I will say one of the things when my network left Omni, we really missed was the, uh, the versatility of it. We could have any color of the writing. We could have any color of, of the player, the background, just about everything. It was, it was, it was pretty awesome. And just around the time I was leaving, they added captions. Mm -hmm. So if you use the transcript in Omni and it would automatically show up in the captions. You could let captions play right out of the player. And I think that form of, it did look a little messy, but I think that form of exploration and always keeping up at, at, on the player is, is really important. And I, I don't think a lot of hosting companies spend a lot of time on it because I don't think there's much in it for them. Well, and you know, you bring up a great point because I am constantly reminded in podcasting that we're dealing with a clickability problem. Like you want art that looks clickable. You want a player that looks clickable clickable. You want people to know what to do with it and what they're going to expect. So you've raised some great points there about the podcast player. Uh, Johnny, what about you? What do you wish from our podcast hosts? I wasn't expecting us to get contrarian right out of the gate, but I actually, <laughs> I put in the exact opposite of what Matt said. So we, we kind of, Catherine broke this down into sort of segments. So there was hosting sites and then the next one was podcast websites. Um, I think that this is my personal opinion. I think that the insight embedded players are actually overhyped and overrated and overused. I, I don't think that people are going to, I think it's a nice to have if someone's going to go there and wants to get a taste of, of what your episode sounds like. But I really think the goal should be to drive people to their preferred podcast player so that you are now going to be in their catalog of episodes that they consume on a weekly basis, whether that's Spotify, Apple, Google podcasts, or even YouTube. I don't think that someone's going to make a habit out of going to my website for my podcast every single Tuesday when I release an episode and listen to it in Safari on either their desktop or on their phone. I think that's a, a very minute percentage of people. So that's my kind of contrarian take. I'll give Matt a, a check into a, a second to kind of respond rebuttal. To that. Yeah, you can rebut that. Well, actually, actually, you're not wrong. I mean, 4% is really what's going to show up there. Yeah. Um, I care, but as we talk a little bit more about websites, we talked later about how important they are. I'd like for them to look nice. No, I agree from the branding side. You want it to look across the board. Like when you talk to a marketing team, when you're creating all of your brand assets for marketing materials for your podcast, I agree. You want the player to look like that and not look like, oh, it's the purple megaphone player. And it's completely different from my blue and yellow podcast that I put out there. But in terms of uh, of my wish lists, I think that Lipson, I, I'm not familiar with uh, some of the other sites. I know I'm getting a lot more into megaphone lately, but I know Lipson has a sort of social media scheduling tool but sort of a deeper wrinkle into that that I would like to see is the problem with the problem that we're running into right now with one of our shows is that our one of our hosts doesn't want to take the time to write out all of the social media posts and say, hey, here's the new episode. Type it all out every single morning uh, that the episode goes live and then copy and paste the link from Apple and then from Spotify and then from YouTube. From YouTube, when you upload a video, you can get the link to it even when it's scheduled to release 10 weeks from now. You can have the link for it and schedule that in a post. You can't get the Apple link or the Spotify link until that episode is actually published and live. So what I would like to see, and I feels like it would be kind of difficult, is if the webs if the hosting website could allow you to schedule social media posts to a variety of different places, and then within that pull the Apple link and the Spotify link for your episode for you as that post goes live. So I don't have to go hunt it down, drop it in there and then send the post live. Cause that's just, it seems like extra work that we shouldn't have to do, but we're still doing. What about you, David? We're still talking about platforms, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, hosting, Host. hosting, right. Yeah. Yeah. Am I too loud by the way, or am I okay? Do you you're like gold, your golden sun? Am I golden? Okay. <laughs> Thanks. I want a podcast host for dummies. I want you to remember all the stuff I already put in for starters. Some platforms, some hosting uh, hosts do this. Some don't. Um, if my last podcast was season three, episode four, I want it to default to season three, episode five. I want it to default to uh, my podcast logo. If I don't do a special image for that episode, most of them do that. I, I think um, I want, I know I, Jay, I got to mean to steal your thunder. Cause I think you want to talk about dynamic ad insertion, but I think the, the plat, the uh, hosts that I have used thus far 
it's not um, that easy a game to do the dynamic ad insertion because it needs to anticipate things like I used to have one mid-roll ad and now I have two. So if you want to put that second one in, you want that to go into, you know, future episodes, but not, but there won't be a place to put it in previous episodes. So maybe it should just ask you, would you rather have this as a, as a run at the end of the show or a pre-roll? Um, I've seen, for example, not to pick on them because they're pretty good, but Podbean has a thing where if you, you, you got to create an ad campaign, but mm. if you want to do a second mid-roll ad, you have to come do a completely separate campaign. Well, then I might forget about that the next time. And you end up with these situations where there's nothing more embarrassing than having your podcast out there. And like an ad is actually running twice in a row or something, which has happened to me or an ad doesn't appear at all. Well, it's similar to YouTube, but they're called episode defaults. So it's stuff that you just paste in there that are going in every single episode. I love the idea about the episode and season that that should just default to the next one. I think that's, that's a no brainer. But like if you're plugging your Twitter or you're plugging your Substack or you're plugging your website, like those should be things that you can just set as an up, upload default and it will always be in the description every single time. And then you can go in and add your specific time codes, your specific links to that episode, specific episode description. But again, this is all stuff that seems like it could be really easy to fix, but nobody's doing it. That I was, you stole my thunder, but I'm glad you did because I was going to forget it. But you're talking about the show notes, right? Show yeah. description, show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't seen a host that, that has that. Why not have that? Because what we all end up doing is having to keep our show description or any contact info or social handles that we want to run in every episode show notes. We keep them in some document and then we got to cut, cut and paste it every time. So every time. absolutely. Sh- sh- shout out to Buzzsprout who does that. They'll, they do. They'll, okay. Footnote, they'll let you put a footnote in the bottom and it will carry over to each episode. I'll also say that Simplecast does the, um, Simplecast does the, uh, the default episode numbers of episode four, three, there'll be a season four, yeah. episode three, well, the next one. I was just going to say the same thing. I would like what Matt said that Buzzsprout does where I'd love to have it a template or Hey, this is going to be at the end of it every episode um, to piggyback off what, uh, what, you know, Dave and Johnny T's for, I like to see dynamic ad insertion a lot more universal. I think it's on higher premium plans with a lot of different podcast hosts where you've got to pay extra. You've got to up the ante. If you want to add access to dynamic, uh, dynamic audio insertion that said, um, I think it's going to start coming down and being more accessible to other people. Just the market's going to demand it. And then can I get it? Can I get a little detail just off of what Jack said on the DAI stuff? So yes, it's great to have DAI and all of there, but I think that that needs to be built out even more um, specifically with uh, being able to drop it in at any point in the episode, not just the very, not just the pre-roll and not just the post-roll because you can have specific areas where you want to put certain calls to action if it's your own audio that you're putting in there. And then allow for expiration. I don't want to have to remember to go back and be like, okay, for 30 days, I know that this is going to run and I need to set my calendar. I want it to just automatically expire. And Simplecast it does now. both of those. You can set there. a spot for a mid-roll and you yeah. can do your campaign with a start and end date. Yeah, setting setting expiration dates on there. And then the final thing uh, would be, I don't want to have to manually click every single episode. It's either I'm going to, there's an option for mass insertion for every single episode or specific episodes and I can check the boxes uh, in there. So, and and it drops that audio into the same one. So I'm not uploading it to each individual episode, which I know Megaphone, I'm pulling all this from Megaphone because Matt's, I'm, I'm a Megaphone fanboy now because Matt got me over there. But Megaphone allows for all of those things. And I think that that agreed, Jack, that should be universal for all yeah, these Simplecast uh, does that. Sites. In case we have any Simplecast folks listening, uh, they call theirs May, their movable audio engine, M-A-E. And it does, also does all those things you just mentioned, Johnny. We just have a special, our own special name, says Simplecast. <laughs> okay, one thing I did not hear from any of you is stats. What about our wish list for stats? That's what I thought was going to be on everybody's lips. Because I, one thing I know is that, of course, all of our clients want to know how many downloads they have, but they also want to know who is listening to this. And we're, we're finding that sometimes getting meaningful statistics is a little bit tougher. Anybody have a, a, a comment on that, Johnny? Um, I- 
I did write down some stuff about stats. I think we're all thinking about, I think we all intuitively think about stats because every platform offers them. When you said wish list, I think we're thinking about things that a lot of platforms don't offer. And and so I, I think that stats falls under a must have, like these are boilerplate things that shouldn't that go without saying. I did but, say meaningful though, meaningful. Meaningful, stats. sure, absolutely. So, but in terms of stats, what these platforms need to have obviously downloads and then breaking down below that, it needs to be overall per episode. And then you need to be able to check on a data range, what, what month uh, by month, week, day, year, quarter, however you want to do it. Downloads by distribution, meaning Apple, Spotify, et cetera. And then obviously YouTube, when they implement their RSS feeds, geographics, I think are really important consumption rate, time of day downloads. And then Matt, you probably want to talk about this is the IAB certification. You have to have that meaning unique listeners versus overall downloads. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I think stats are really what the podcast host wants to contribute to it. So anchors free, they're not going to spend a lot on that. And the, and the stats are terrible. You know, a company like Omni has some of the better stats. I wish that, you know, with a company like art 19, um, they kind of keep things to 30 days, but I can get more if I send a note to the help department. Same goes with megaphone on some campaigns. I would like to drill down on some sp- specifics. We'll create a report for you. Here's your report. It'd be nice to have all those in front, but it, you know what? I think when I think of all the stats and, and everything out there, I sort of look at the industry as a whole. Um, and then I, in my head, I almost want to move to charts, which is a separate problem. Can we all get one chart? And that will always raise some laughter. <laughs> Anything more on, on our dear hosts for our wish lists before we move on? Just to add on stats, Catherine, sorry. Um, yep. I just stepped away for a minute. So I'm sorry if someone said this and I missed it, but just the simplicity of, of running good reports. I find it's catch as catch can with a lot of these hosts in terms of, you know, I want to just run a report on what the last, give me options. What, what the, what are my, you know, my top 10 episodes or for the last, year and make them simple. That's all. Actually, I'll take it one step further. Make me a nice sales report that I can sell ads. How about that? But there you go. I guess maybe that would be the podcast hosting company that would be giving you the tools to sell against them because they want to put programmatic or Mm. their own set of ads out there. Just not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just saying this may be the discussion about why these things don't happen. Well, his tinfoil hats under his desk. (laughs) <laughs> which we welcome. We to welcome and support. Well, I think that, but what you're saying though, this, a sales type report is exactly the kind of information that would be more meaningful because as we know, the downloads tell us what happened. We're all looking to make our shows grow and we, we're looking to the future and it's hard to get the kind of information that's going to help us do that currently, in my opinion. So that's part of my wish list. Let's talk about websites we all want to tell you your podcast must have a website. Let's get some wishes going for our podcast websites. Johnny, where are you going to spend your wishes for the podcast website? I think I have the best wish and I would love to see this across every single podcasting website. It's, and I I forget what show it was, but um, it's a little microphone in the corner or maybe it's bigger, but you click on it and it allows you as the listener to send an audio message to the host, or there's a text option if you want to type out a question. It offers more interaction between the listeners and the host. You can do Q&A segments. And here's the catch. If you want to submit it, you got to give me your email. I've seen that. uh, I think PodPage has that. But memo to pod page, label it better. It's It's a little microphone. It's a little microphone icon in the bottom right hand corner of the webpage completely unlabeled, which, which kind of defeats the purpose. Cause then on the podcast, you got to say, go to the little microphone icon and the, you'll see it in the lower right hand corner. It's like, come on, just label the thing. That's well, it looks, it looks like a, a chat box. Mm. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. You think it's a chat robot. Yeah. I mean, there is uh, some, you, there's some apps out there you can add to your website, like speak pipe mm-hmm. that will do it. But does anybody actually use them? Like, do listeners go to the website and then say, I want to contribute and click on it? And I think you'd have to call it out. You'd have to make that ask in the episode. Be like, hey, we do Q&A. The the best way to do it is to go to our website, click the microphone in the corner. But you're right. If someone's just looking at the website, they're probably not 
going to do radio stations are having trouble calling this out, getting listeners to contribute to the show. So same yeah. idea. Yeah. To and give you know the phrase that pays. So that's really <laughs> the, I can give you an example of one used successfully, at least in my world. I do a music podcast. We were doing our 50th episode. Oh, you, you do? Yeah. Did you know it's called uh, past tense? <laughs> Go to timemachinepod.com, Johnny. You should check it out. You enjoy it. Um, we're recording our 150th episode uh, That's tonight. Awesome. That's right. Thank you. Anyway, when we did our 50th episode retrospective or whatever, we just we we kind of uh, gamed the system. We we emailed a couple dozen listeners and we said it would be cool if you gave us a congratulatory audio message. Told told them to click on that microphone, and it was a very easy way to compile a bunch of messages. And you could do that. Any podcast can do that. You, you know, I recommend it for. If you're doing, you know, listener mail or whatever, it's a good way to engage with listeners. Jack, do you have any podcast website wishes? I'd like the players for these specific podcast apps to be more obvious. Uh, uh, Apple and Spotify, as we all know, are dominating and YouTube is, is in the mix now as well. I would like on the podcast website, big giant Apple badge, big giant Spotify badge, big giant YouTube badge. So if somebody is not super tech savvy or a very experienced podcast listener, they go to the website. Oh yeah, I, I like listening to my podcast on Apple or Spotify. I'll just click this button. And it'll open my app and I'm right there. I think sometimes the podcast apps get a little too fancy of where they're putting the links for various things. Just give me the links to listen where I want to listen as a listener. Interesting. Matt. Catherine, um, I want to just go back to what Johnny said about the uh, microphone. Um, now, this is not necessarily about a website, but Spotify does offer this. And so, um, can you see my screen? Yes. Um, oh, look at that. Send a voice message. So this, this is in Spotify for podcasters. Oh, interesting. So, you can send a voice message. There's a link to it. And uh, this podcast has put it inside all of their uh, show notes. Is that, so just a, is that just something you have to toggle on? It would be one of those things that you would add in at the bottom of your show notes. There's a link. Okay. And, and so if you were on Buzzsprout, you could put it in the footnote, right? Yeah. <laughs> Up there. Tie so. back around. <laughs> we call yeah. that a callback in comedy. Yes. Um, but I know, Catherine, you were asking me about what I wanted out of a podcast website. And I, I think I want podcasters to understand that... Um, you know, the website is one of your top investments. I don't think it's a, should you have it or should you not have it? it it's, it's up there. It's, you need one. And I see there's a lot of bargaining going on. Saying, oh, you know, I'll just use the one that I get from, from the host. And that thing is not optimized at all for SEO. And as well, update your website is really, really key. Matt, can I push back on that for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Where you're going to, a lot of our listeners are going to come from Apple and Spotify why not just send them to Apple and Spotify and take them from there? Why, why devil's advocate? Why do you need the website in addition to that? I think what happens when I think for the first reason why you want a website is you want to be able to collect the data about who's you know visiting your show. All we've done is whine about stats so far. And your best place to get stats is Google analytics from the people who come to your website. That's the best stuff you're ever going to get. You're going to get demographics. You'll see where they came from. You'll see what socials uh, they came from. But by you know promoting and sending people to Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, that only helps Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. And once you get into their ecosystem, it's like a cat video. You went to Facebook. I didn't come to Facebook. I wanted to do something here. Now I'm watching cat videos all day. You can really get caught up mm. inside, inside all that stuff. And I guess it's to to support what Matt's saying too. It's a nice to have sort of one place to send your audience because you know it's a it's a whole lot to be like, hey, follow us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Like giving them so many different options where you could just say, hey, visit this podcast superfriends.com. I would like to give a little shout out though to pod.link. A lot of people will go there to to share stuff and yeah, Podlink's yeah. great. Yeah. And, you know, if you don't have a website, I think that's a good place to go. And it speaks to exactly what you're saying, Jag, which is people can then choose where they where they go to. You're just not going to be able to collect that information. Um, and I, you know, I was sort of reluctant to suggest that. But, you know, Ariel Nissenblatt suggested it. So 
now you're oh, in. Oh, now, now I'm in. You're in. Okay, now so when I'm in. I brought it up, then it was like, nah, but okay, I see what's happening here. And the, the thing I like about Podlink, and we'll get to this in a, in a minute, is it looks great on social media. That, that's one thing I can't get over is sometimes these links look terrible from yeah. any of the, the websites. I want, if somebody's going to see it on social media, which by the way, I don't know how useful that is anyway, to even to begin with, but I want it to look good. And the Podlink looks good. It looks really good. And you can listen right away. That's really the number one thing. <laughs> and you can promote the episode and that artwork will appear. I also, I just, so I want to hammer on what you were just saying a, a minute ago, Matt, is that the real, the real uh, gold of having people go to your website for your podcast is that you're collecting Google Analytics information. That's really what your, the point is there. So that comes back to just, you know, knowing more about who your listeners are. And, and having that information on hand, presumably to be able to get them to get more people like them. Can I add something else on the websites? Yes. Uh, or another great reason I, to have a website? Has to ask. Just, just off, just go. <laughs> um, so sponsorship page. So uh, as your podcast grows and you potentially want to have sponsors, say that you're a company, put yourself in the mind of the company that is looking at podcasts to sponsor. If they just visit your podcast the only thing that they can get from it is, oh, this is the this is the content. I can listen to an episode and that's about it. If you're really serious about monetizing your podcast, you need to have a dedicated sponsorship page. It says it right up at the top. It says sponsorships. You click on that and it breaks down a list of... And this is more work that you're going to have to do. This The work that you have to put in to monetize your podcast is more than just creating the episodes every single week. You need to figure out who your audience is, whether that's running audience surveys, using the Google Analytics to find out who the demographics of your show are, and putting that into really easy to consume data of 40% of our audience has a master's degree, 60% of our audience is male, they're between the ages of 23 and 45, and they're living in the metropolitan cities of the United States, mostly on the West Coast and the East Coast, not so much in the Midwest. If I'm a sponsor, if I'm a company looking between two podcasts that I may want to sponsor, I'm going to pick the one where I can actually see, oh, they hit our target demographic and I didn't have to set up a meeting. I didn't have to find out how to reach them by sending them a voice message on the microphone icon in the background. Hey, we maybe want to sponsor your podcast. We're making it so much easier for the potential sponsor to reach you. Yes, you're probably going to have to do some cold calls to initially get the ball rolling, but you're including, hey, here's our previous sponsors. These companies align with our values. Here's a breakdown of our audience demographics. And here's a link to get in touch with us if you're interested in sponsoring the podcast. So I think if you're actually serious about monetizing the show, that's something that you have to really consider. That's a great tip, Johnny. That's really good. That's great. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. 
we have a podcast. I know you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors, activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden. Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn, Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. The Podcast Super Friends support podcasting 2.0. So feel free to send us a boost if you're listening on a newer podcast app. Find the full list at newpodcastapps.com. We're going to pivot now because I want to just sort of reveal here the, the kernel of the idea for this episode and this conversation is the is the idea that some of these hosts that we all are familiar with are starting to add lots and lots of bells and whistles. Uh, I've noticed it with our online recording platforms. I've noticed it with our legacy hosting companies they're they're all they all seem to be angling to be a one-stop source for podcasting and it's just been sort of interesting to watch i'm trying to weigh like okay well why why wouldn't i go and try you know let's say just libsyn to do the not only the recording but also the editing and the hosting and the publishing um zencaster is also telling me i can they we can do everything for you um and i i but i just have the sense that first of all i've been doing this for a long time and as we like to say i'm a little set in my ways i have you know i use different things for different services but also i'm i'm wondering some of these some of these services seem pretty specific. Like, I don't know, do they transfer across, you know, is my recorder my the same uh, quality as my host? Is my host providing recording services? Is that going to be, give me the consistent product that I need? So my question to you all is, have you been noticing this? What are your thoughts? Have you, have you tried any of these, Jag? Yes. Uh, I've noticed in particular, um, Riverside is now offering transcription as the Riverside, the recording platform. I feel like all of these various services are trying to be all things to all people. It's, it's almost like human nature and business greed where they see the podcast space expanding so quickly. They're trying to be all things to all people. Kind of like one of our clients would hire any of the five of us to just take care of stuff. Take, I'm hiring you so you can take care of everything for me. All these platforms are trying to do that when I think really we're at a point now where each of the platforms has its own specific use. You have your host, you have your audio editing platform, you have your recording platform. They're all good at those specific things. And I worry that as they branch out and try to do everything, that they're no longer going to be good at that one specific thing they're good at. Exactly. That's what, that's my concern as well. Anybody, you on this? Just on um, online recording platforms, Catherine? Uh, no, just the, the everybody trying to do their every the centralization their, of the, the one stop shop people. podcast. And I'll I'll say this too, just to, to fill the space here. One of my thoughts is one of my one of my dead horses that I love to beat here is there's a lot that is to attract the new podcaster. And, and that's that's great. We want people to come into the podcasting space. We want people to be launching shows. We're all for that. But it does seem like some of these services are all geared to people who don't have their routines, who don't have their... Uh, the the way that they've been doing things. And of course, I don't want to be stuck in like, oh, this is how I've always done it. Um, but I do have the concern that that Jag is talking about with uh, see, these seems like specialized services. And I want I want everybody to be doing their thing well. This is more than they just they moved our cheese. Right, exactly. I think it does cause a little bit of confusion. I can't listen. I can't blame the companies for wanting to do it because it's easy for them to get involved with it. People are already there. They're recording their show. I'll use Zencaster, for example. Oh, you're here. Why don't you host your podcast? And then one of my clients said, um, I'm going to need the redirect because I'm uh, Zencaster wants to me to move. I go, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> 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 you know, and it's that's not the only one that's, you know, happening. Um, Substack does the same thing. You know, you write a blog. Oh, are you doing a podcast too? Well, put your podcast here. And it's convenient because it's there. Like a lot of, they're kind of taking advantage of people who haven't researched. And what, what happens inevitably to people is they get involved with it and 
they want the next toy in podcasting. They want better stats. They want to be able to put in a, a redirect 301, which I don't think Substack offers. They want to be able to um, do that. And by the way, this also happens with some of the with websites as well. Kajabi started to host podcasts and I, they just actually put in a redirect 301. So you could move your podcast uh, somewhere else. That's the online teaching platform, I think. Yes, correct. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So it's, um, I think it, it causes confusion for our clients. So I think that's probably where a lot of our irritation comes from. It, you're taking advantage, I guess, of, of people who are there and hey, yeah, you can get started. And yes, you can start a podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not really, I'm not really, I'm, it certainly doesn't do me any favors when, you know, extra toys get set up. And I do get worried for, you know, the ease of use uh, for, for platforms. So you know, I'll give an example like Squadcast, which I think for the better part have really stayed in their lane. Um, they haven't done the streaming thing. They haven't, you know, but they have added video. They are not getting into hosting, but they do export stuff to Descript. So there's a little bit of that going on. But, you know, as they begin to add more and more things and really do, they do focus in on the sound. One of my wish lists for them, and I did send them a note today, is like, what does this mean? And sometimes, you know, they're all tech people and they get together. So when the, the little note on the screen says uh, app is not focused, I don't know what that means. I can tell you what that means. I know you can because I asked them. <laughs> but what, what is it? I said, it's when, ask it, Jag. No, is if you have two different tabs open or two different apps open and you click something else to be the active one as opposed to the Squadcast window or the Squadcast tab, it will say, hey, you know, that." and occasionally on a mobile app, that can actually cause issues with the recordings as well or on the mobile device. But that's that's what it is. The app is not focused. I'm like, oh, you caught me because I clicked over to my notes when I was recording the show. I'm in the middle of a show and it shows up and I'm like, well, tell the app to get it together. Yeah. Oh, my, uh, I just found out, I just found out that I was scrolling Facebook feed when I was listening to a client record their podcast. I, my, my, my suggestion, by the way, was to say browser is not focused. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My fear is exactly what Jag said is that as more people start podcasts that say, say, say this platform came out, we'll call it like the alpha platform. It does, it does what Zencaster and Riverside does. It offers Libsyn hosting and then it offers your website as well. And it's just kind of keeping everything self-contained. They're not going to... And editing too was, was the other big thing we talked about. It's not going to be able to do any one of those things great as well as say Premiere or Audition or Logic Pro X or Audacity or Riverside or Libsyn or Megaphone. And my fear is that we will get a lot of really subpar podcasts because the goal is for you to just get on our platform. We make it super easy and we don't put a lot of emphasis on, hey, here's actually all of the amazing things that you can do in one of these separate platforms. And we're just going to get saturated again like we did in 2020 with a lot of just kind of just crap podcasts. That's right. I'll dovetail off of that. I think it's human nature that we all want the quick fix. We all want the easy one-click solution. And I think that's the same thing as we can talk about AI later or or if we want, but it's the same thing of all these AI tools. Hey, we'll write your show notes for you. We'll do your transcription for you. We'll fix your audio for you. Sure, an amateur podcaster is going to love to just click a couple buttons and have it done. But the result is not going to be good. It's the the technology is not where it needs to be yet. And if you take these shortcuts, your listeners will know. Let's keep going with this and and go back into the some of the online recording platforms and our wish list for them. I, I'll just I'll start and say I wish that they would uh, make it very simple and record because now some <laughs> of the recording I've done online, you I have no option but to have it transcribed and do all these different things when I, I want something very specific uh, and I don't need all the extra bells and whistles, but those bells and whistles I must take. So... <laughs> <laughs> What are some of other your your other wishes for the online recording platforms? Well, I'll start right now, by the way. So I'll just cut David off and start yeah. right now. Shut up, David. <laughs> uh, StreamYard doesn't yeah. split files. Oh. So, yeah, I don't think StreamYard splits files. It's, it's, all, all, it's all single track. Well, yeah, wow, that's bad. That's not good because I've been farting this whole episode and it's going to be <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, David, go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, all good. A couple things that come as no mystery. You guys, you heard me say this before, but 
the reason I use Zoom, or at least I used to, they're, they've pissed me off now, but um, it's just with the, the integration to Calendly is so easy. One of the hardest things to do in podcasting is to book guests. Yes. You can book a guest and have it make it seamless. They click on your calendar. They pick a time when they want to record. And now instantly they get a Zoom link. You get a Zoom link. You're all going to the same online place. So if Squadcast or StreamYard or any of these could could do that, I'm sure there's probably some deal they've worked out with Calendly. Who knows? But that would make it a lot easier. Also, also this is nitpicky, but I'm in front of a green screen now. So thank you, StreamYard, for allowing green screen. It, it sounds like a vanity thing, but um, you know, a lot of podcasters are podcasting in their closet, like I happen to be right now. And <laughs> it's a professional thing. You know, if you're a lawyer doing a podcast and you want to do it from home, you get a green screen, you can look like you're in your, your office. A lot of online um, recording platforms don't don't do that. As opposed to all your Boston jerseys hanging behind you. Right. <laughs> They're there. You just can't see them. <laughs> uh, I have, th- I have three. They're oh, quick. Sorry. I won't, I won't go on a long rant again. That's right. Um, so one thing that I would like to see is I know, so Riverside is the one that I'm most familiar with and uh, I know they offer the echo removal one. So for just those of you that aren't familiar, if you're not recording with headphones, the echo removal cuts out the sound coming out, the sound of other people talking, coming out of your speakers, being picked up on your microphone again. That's super distracting when you're the one talking and you can hear yourself coming from the other people, coming from their windows. That's super distracting. So I think that was a great tool. I think that they could improve upon that by adding in a noise reduction plugin. So if I have a loud fan in the background, it's really just isolating the noise that's coming directly into the microphone, dogs barking in the background, sirens, anything like that. Because that's stuff that we would have to do on the back end as producers anyways. The second thing would be a built-in noise gate. So Mm. as I'm speaking and no one else is talking, what the noise gate would do is it cuts off all the audio below a certain level. So if, again, if there's a fan going on in the background and unfortunately StreamYard's got all this going onto one track, a fan in the background of Jag's audio is going to be picked up while I'm talking. A noise gate negates all of that. Um, And then the third thing would be pop-up notifications. So if someone on the call has a slow internet connection, a a notification pops up and says, hey, we noticed your internet's running a little bit slow. We'd recommend moving closer to your Wi-Fi or your router or any number of options that you can do. Hey, you have too many tabs open. This is going to hinder your quality of your recording. Or three, we've noticed that you've turned on, and this is something we spoke about privately, guys, was uh, sometimes the audio doesn't record. If people are using their work computers because they have a VPN set up or they have ad blockers on or they have some kind of firewall set up with their company computer, that can sometimes cause your audio or video to not record simply because of the security measures that are put in. If though, if some kind of notification could pop up in that aspect and let people know, I think it would avoid a lot of headaches after the fact. Squadcast has some of that actually. Squadcast has started to have some real time notifications, like Matt was saying earlier. The app is not focused, or uh, you know, spotty internet connection, things like that. So I'll dovetail off of that, and that's the one thing I'd like is have real time. In real-time feedback, let all your hosts be able to see all the guest input and output devices. Because I think as we set up a podcast for our clients, one of the big pain points is, do, do you have the right microphone checked? Is it, is it, is it picking up the computer, your microphone here, rub the top of your microphone, top the tap of it, or tap the top of it so that, you know, you know, that that's the one you're recording on and all those things would be uh, a lot easier if you could see what somebody had selected. And if you can do anything about it, I mean, some of these platforms don't offer you, even, even if what you can see, there's nothing you can do about right. it. It's, you can't help. Squadcast claims to let you change it as the host, change your guest input and output. But anytime I've tried to do it, it hasn't worked. Riverside allows you to see as the, we have to be in producer mode. That allows you to see what other people are using, but it would be so much easier for me jumping on as the producer to just say, Hey, look, I know you just bought this microphone. Let me just change the input for you. That's right. Yeah. Well, and also uh, Riverside on their very helpful videos was like, producer will not be recorded. We can't stress this to you enough. You will not be recorded as the producer. You're not part of the show, producer. I like that. Any other wishes that we want to uh, use for our online recording platforms? Is it too much to ask for a speed test before we start? Great suggestion. That would be nice. And for those of you that don't know what that is and haven't used it before, you can just go open Google and type in internet internet speed test, and it will. It's free. You just click a button, and it shows you how fast your internet is. Third party companies do that too. Like Ookla has that speedtest.net. That's uh, if any of these services are listening, partner with them. I have a friend that works there. I think the next step is like, what happens if 
you'd find that somebody's a little bit slow. Well, tell your kids to stop gaming. Maybe go shut off a few of the yeah. other devices around yeah. you. Give Turn suggestions again. Yeah, that would. Be yeah, um, I I restart this computer every time before we get on here, which is why that we're I'm always late to get you guys the link and all the other stuff. <laughs> I well, and uh, the stunning revelation of this episode is that David is upset with Zoom. I just that is the real bombshell we're experiencing here today. My goodness. I, I, I'll sh- I shared this in our private meeting last week. I'll share with our audience now. We all kind of dump on Zoom because the audio quality isn't as good. There is a place for Zoom where I had a client for, recently who the guest uh, had a firewall in their office and they could not get on Squadcast. They could not get on Riverside. Those that, those uh, websites would not access their camera, their microphone. So as a backup, we use Zoom. And if you use Zoom, you want to make sure you've got the settings set so you record separate tracks and original sound for musicians is on so that you have the most high possible fidelity audio. And I have to say, and in defense of David, as I always like to say, the advanced settings do help a lot. They do. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. They do. All yeah, right, my, my, recent, my recent problems with Zoom have been, I don't know, a connection or if, um, if you ever select, you know, record on this device, but then you decide to download it later. Sometimes when you go back and download it later, oh, guess what? It's not there. And now good luck. To, <laughs> good luck trying to get in touch with someone. Carries it in a folder in your user slash XYZ slash ABC exactly. slash Zoom folder downloads. Right. If it is there, it's almost impossible to find. So sorry, you just recorded for an hour and a half. It's gone. By the way. And have a backup. just so you know, there is nothing we can or will do for you. <laughs> All right. Well, Social media, social media, it should, it seems like they should be best friends with podcasting, but I am not sure always that social media is doing what it can to help us podcasters out. What is our wishes that could, how could social media just really work beautifully with podcasting? Jag, you haven't kicked us off yet. Tell us, what. how could social media become BFFs with podcasting? One of the things that's really important to underscore here, Catherine, and this is something that we heard a lot about at the Podcast Movement Convention in, uh, in Dallas last year, is... You think about when you're posting on social media, it's really good for awareness. It's good for branding for your podcast. You know, hey, here's a quick, quick, uh, quick reel or YouTube short of something we talked about, a really compelling moment of the podcast. And that's great. But you have to think about the hoop that you're asking your listeners to jump through to close out of YouTube or Instagram or TikTok and then reopen Apple or Spotify or wherever they're listening. So I would like to see more of the ability to go seamlessly from social media to podcast app. One great hack for this, for our listeners who aren't familiar with it, is you can share an episode from Spotify directly to an Instagram story. So if somebody's watching it on your Instagram story, they can click right under the podcast on Spotify. I'd like to see more integration. So you're not asking listeners to close out of something and open something else because 99 times out of 100, they won't do it. Absolutely. David, what about you? Um, I just spaced out for a sec. We're talking about oh, social media, right? Okay. So this is something that drives me crazy. Um, I wish, now I don't know if this is on Facebook or on Apple Podcasts, but how hard would it be for Apple Podcast for Facebook to figure out that when you post a link to a particular um, episode that it pulls the episode art? Um, because it also makes it fit. Like, and I don't, again, I don't know if this, sometimes you don't know which end it's on here, but if you post a link to a particular episode, um, the, the you never know what shape it's going to come in. And sometimes that makes it difficult to decide what the episode art is going to be. So um, it would be cool if the social platforms had an automated way of, of picking that up. Johnny. I for once don't have anything. What? Well, I, I think that I think that Jag's point is really encompassing because the whole point is we're trying to move the needle. We're trying to get new listeners. We're trying to get people to engage with the content that we're producing for either for ourselves or for our clients. And if social media is giving people a taste, uh, um, it would be nice for them to be able to take the whole bite and to listen to the episode right away. That's why Podlink is a great solution. Um, but it, it Spotify links look good for the most part. It 
getting to that point where you can actually start listening or hook them, make that conversion to turn somebody who sees it uh, into a listener is sort of a big ask. What about you, Matt? Do you have any comments on social media? Uh, Directly to the social media companies, I wish they would stop treating podcasting so poorly. Um, Facebook showed up, we're going to be doing podcasts, and then they decided we're not going to be doing them. And then Google's kind of, you know, been in and out over the years. We're going to do Google Play, and now we're going to do the Google app, and they never really updated the Google app, but here comes YouTube. Um, But we're not going to be accepting your RSS feed, but we want you to make a play. Like, we're going through an awful lot of hoops for these companies to get involved with podcasting, but they don't really get involved with podcasting (laughs) at all. So I think they do realize that they're, that, that they do suit a need for, for podcasters by, you know, to David's point, you know, to promote the show, you know, what is the picture in the art? Does it, does it carry over the artwork? I think a lot of that has to do with, with websites, but Twitter made a change and really started to mess up the card. Um, and they've also played around with their API as well. So they, they make it hard whether you're trying to market your show and whether or not you want to be involved with uh, podcasting at all. I mean, Clubhouse starts up and then Twitter Spaces and then we're going to do some podcasting with Twitter Spaces. No, no, we're not. That was we're kidding. We're not going to be doing that. We're actually everybody is pivoting to video now. Do you think, uh, uh, Matt, do you think that sometimes the company, these big companies don't know what podcasting actually is like hmm. they they want us to be something that we're not they know exactly what it is and they can't control any of it and it bothers them hmm. they don't like the rss feed that's it i feel like matt should drop that microphone yeah. right now <laughs> <laughs> we're done yeah. good night everybody <laughs> thanks for joining us this month everybody <laughs> Well, good. Okay. So I, but I think that we have some uh, good leads there for what we can do with social media. And I want to close out on a very positive note. And that is for the beloved podcast listener. We love our listeners. We love, we, the podcast wouldn't be anything without the podcast listener. What are some wishes that we have for our dear, sweet podcast listeners? I'll start since I didn't have anything on the last yeah. one. Um, Share the show with somebody. That's really the best thing that you can do. And whether it's for this podcast or your favorite podcast, if you find an episode that you really love, I guarantee you there's somebody that you know or you are happy to share the episode with them. Just send it to one person. That's all. That's the, that's really the best thing that you can do. Matt? Yeah, the, I'll piggyback on that because that's pretty much what I was going to say. But uh, but for those that, that don't know, despite as far as podcasting has come, the way for podcasters to build their audience the best way is that call it word of mouth or whatever you like, but it's brick by brick. It's this person telling this person posting this person sharing on Facebook or whatever it may be. And, you know, think about if you love podcasts, if you're listening to this pod, you probably, you probably do. If you're you a psycho, love, if you're listening to this, <laughs> well, that's true. So, you know, I don't know. We don't know what time you're back at the uh, institution, but no, I'm sorry, bad joke. I take it back anyway. But, um, the you're con- sort of contributing to podcast goodwill. If if you think about how you learned about your five or six favorite podcasts, probably because somebody told you about it, yeah. right? So spread the love, spread the love, and tell somebody else about a podcast that you enjoy. Matt, so I go back to Valerie Geller, who is a talent coach, quite famous in radio, has now moved on to podcast and and other uh, mediums. I mean, most of her work is fairly agnostic. Uh, if you ever get a chance, find a podcast with Valerie Geller in it and just listen to it. And one of the things that she said whenever we came up with any idea, and it doesn't even for your podcast, what's in it for the listener? And I think that's the question you're asking here, Catherine, is what's our wish list for the for listeners and what's in it for the for the listener? And I, I think it's better sound. I think we should be delivering better sound to the listener mm. overall. I think that's something that podcasters should be doing. Um, at the same time, I, I think from the listener's side now, what's our wish list for them? Feedback. Yeah. You know, what feedback? I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, accessing the microphone and, you know, in, in something like SpeakPipe or on PodPage at the bottom um, to offer feedback. I think it's more than just reviews, although a lot of people like to leave reviews. Once again, though, not every podcast app has a review page, but and then. You know, just being able to go in and to access that dialogue to connect with the podcast host 
and reach out to them. Be nice to get some feedback. Absolutely. Jag? I'm going to just um, piggyback on what Dave said, which is podcasts are discovered by what I call old school word of mouth and new school word of mouth. New school word of mouth is social media. Old school word of mouth is a friend or a family member or a colleague of some kind telling you about it. Yes, Google and YouTube are also up there in terms of discoverability when people are finding stuff by searching the internet for various topics. But I, I really want to underscore what David said because Word of mouth is still such a huge thing for podcasting. If we're asking our listeners for one thing, it's to phone a friend. Tell somebody about a show you like and get them to listen to one episode. And if they like it, they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's always stunning because that is the takeaway from so many of our, the big wigs that we know and trust for who are able to tell us about podcast industry behind the scenes is that word of mouth still is the number one way that people learn about podcasts. So to really just encourage our listeners to go ahead and do that word of mouth, whether it be sharing uh, the episodes on social media that they like, or specifically shouting them out to a friend and, and making sure that they tell them how to listen them, direct them to that pod, that podcast website that we set up earlier in our in our discussion here, so that they're able to listen. Well, I will add this too: is that uh, and I again privately with our within the podcast super friends, they already know this, but one of my clients received a. I won't, I'm not going to call it a hate letter, but they definitely received a constructive criticism letter. Our first, our very first constructive. A sternly worded letter, Catherine. sternly (laughs) worded email. And, you know, on, on one hand, there was part of me that thought, okay, well, that isn't, that is a form of engagement. So yay for that. But I thought about all the times that we have heard positive things from our listeners. It might feel a little bit awkward or a little bit, you know, a little bit out of people's comfort zone to reach out and let a podcast know that you that you like their work or that something really impacted you or you loved a particular episode. But I say go for it. Having been on the other side of some of those emails, they mean a tremendous amount. Especially with if your if your podcast is a labor of love and you hear from somebody that you really their the, your work meant something to somebody. Yes. That is golden. And I can speak on behalf. I, I authorize myself to speak on behalf of podcast hosts everywhere and say, they want to hear, they want to hear the good stuff. They are open to the constructive stuff too, for the most part, but they love hearing the good stuff. So don't be shy about sharing the good stuff. They will welcome it like you wouldn't believe. So if you have a podcast that you love and you feel there's something that you want to bring up to their attention, I say go for it because you really will make that podcast say. How does that sound? So true. Yeah. And yeah, the applause button. <laughs> it, you got it, Tony. Um, it is, it sounds cliched, but it, a podcaster will say that makes it worth doing because most, yeah. most podcasters are not doing it for money. They might be doing it for another reason, but they're probably doing it because they enjoy doing it. And they want to brighten someone's day a little bit, inform someone a little bit more than the other would have been done. If if you get told thanks, that's it, it's huge. You'll be surprised at the love you get back probably too. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Well, that was, I think that was a whirlwind. I think there was a lot of gems. We could, we should be on a consulting basis for some of these uh, podcast companies. What do you guys think? Partners in a consultancy, all five of us. <laughs> we, we should get a podcast. <laughs> Well, that's great. Well, okay. I think those were some great wishes. Plus, some we offered our own constructive critiques in there. And I think that was really valuable too. And I know that we all, I think this was a good exercise because it kind of honed us in on what are the most important things. So I hope that came through to everybody who is here listening to the podcast, Super Fence. Any thoughts before we close it out here? I have one more idea. Give it to us, Matt Kundal. We should have a turn-in program for the Blue Yeti. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> we really have lost that sponsorship. That you is never build an effigy. You take your blue Yeti to your local police station. <laughs> <laughs> and they will give you your choice of an ATR 2100, a Samsung Q2U. Or if you bring two blue Yetis, you can yeah. have a sure MV7. Nice. Wow. You'll you'll be saving a life. And the life that you save is, is Jags here because he's going to have a heart attack next time. <laughs> One of his podcasters uses a Yeti. (laughs) We, yeah. Everybody knows how we feel. (laughs) Our thoughts and feelings and prayers go to the Blue Yeti. Okay, (laughs) let's close it out. That is is the ultimate 
uh, wish list right there. If we could save the world from the Blue Yeti. Okay, well, let's close it out. And Matt, why don't you go ahead and we'll close it out our normal way. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Media Company in Winnipeg, Canada. I'm Johnny Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Johnny Podcast. I'm John Gay, Jag in Detroit Podcasts, jagindetroit.com. David Yaz, Boston Podcast Network, pod617.com. Wouldn't it be great if, if, if David just like rushed out as soon as, you know, the same way he rushed in, right? In the <laughs> like Superman. Podcast like, Superman. Okay, done and I'm out of here. <laughs> Thank you, David, for being here. My name is Catherine O'Brien. It's been my pleasure lit- leading off the wish list here. You can follow me on Twitter. Hello, Catherine O. And of course, I'm uh, podcasting in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thanks so much for being here with the Super Friends today, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Fix it and post. Thanks for listening to the podcast Super Friends. For a transcript of the show or to connect with the Super Friends, go to the show notes of this episode or go to soundoff.network. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Kids, I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we we the perfect perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on the Dean Blundell Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy is something you do.